Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Huynh. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and syndicated on missionsradio.org and liveleadplay.com. Parents, are you stressed because you're dealing with problems in your family or business? Are you ready to get calm and focused to come to a clear solution or even have a clear thought? I have the answer with one powerful, quick strategy. This five-minute, super powerful strategy can shift your mind, your body, and even your spirit from overwhelm to tranquility, and I will personally walk you through it in this complimentary manifesting tranquility session. Contact me at Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-E, at integrativeminds.com to schedule your session. The email is also in the show notes. Also, don't forget to order my Amazon number one best-selling book called The Amazing Itty Bitty Book on Family Leadership, 15 Simple Tips Successful Companies Use That Family Can Implement at Home. It's a key to creating a family that's productive, harmonious, and unified in values, missions, visions, and goals. The link to the book is also in the show notes. Here we go on to the show. This is college application time for all of our senior. So how does a senior decide which college they want to apply to? There's so many. And how does a student differentiate himself or herself from the other college applicants? And what are some mistakes students are making that can really cause their application to be put in the no pile? We have so many other questions for this show today. And our guest is going to help answer these questions and many more. She is the founder and CEO of College Application Training here in Los Angeles. It's a dynamic college consulting company. What they do is they help families who want to send their children to the school of their dreams without sacrificing their retirement or taking unnecessary risks with their money. They mentor students who want to submit a compelling, authentic, and unique application to increase their chances of acceptance at their top choice school. Now, she attended USC on a merit scholarship. She graduated magna cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa. She has a BA in international relations and French. She also holds an MFA in screenwriting, so you know she can help you write, from the USC School of Cinematic Arts and is an award-winning screenwriter with several projects under consideration for production. She's also a licensed financial services professional, following in the footsteps of her father, who always said she should be involved in this industry. And on a personal note, her five-year-old son was just accepted to the kindergarten of his dreams. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Chelsea Watkins. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm so glad that you decided to come on. When I called you, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time for Chelsea to come on. I know there's a lot of stressed out seniors and parents out there. Yes, there are. (laughs) So you have... Yes. You have some really amazing statistics from your company. The majority of your students actually get accepted to at least one of their top choice school last year. Yes. 
Absolutely. Wow. And she also helped with financial aid. The average financial aid award was $27,000 per year. That's wonderful. Yeah, what a lot of families don't understand about the financial aid process is that there's actually three types of financial aid. The first part is need-based aid, and that is based on your income and assets, and the majority of our clients don't qualify for need-based aid. That's just how you know our, our client base are, are mainly middle-class and upper-middle-class families um, who don't qualify for the need-based aid. What most families don't do is they, go, they think, oh, well, I'm not going to qualify for anything, so I'm not even going to bother to submit the forms. What they don't know is that many schools, if you submit the forms, you get put into another category, which is called merit aid. And that's really based on how badly that school wants that student to attend. And so the 27,000 in average financial aid award is a combination of need and merit based. And then the third type of aid, which is athletic aid. Again, people seem to think of the big sports, football, basketball, baseball, but there are many smaller sports golf, swimming, water polo, volleyball that offer smaller scholarships. You know, again, it's not a full ride, but it may be five or $10,000 a year. That's a lot of money. Over that is. What we do is we, you know, on top of helping the students get into their dream schools, we really help the family figure out how to get the lowest out-of-pocket cost for college. And there's a bunch of strategies that they can use that they don't even know about. And so part of our mission is just education, is, is say, hey, this is what's out there for you. And let's see, let's let's do everything we can in our power to see if we can lower those out-of-pocket costs. Because as you know, college is getting more and more expensive, it seems like every day. It's more than an average house probably in the United States. It used to be that the house was the largest purchase a family would make. However, because interest rates have gone down and we have all of these programs where you can buy a house with a relatively low amount down and college costs have increased 200% over the last 20 years, now college education is almost is pretty much the largest purchase a family is going to make in their lifetimes. Yeah, there are some school I know that costs upwards of $75,000 a year, some of the private schools. Yes, they do. It's a house. <laughs> in some <laughs> cities and towns, that's a house. Let's step back, though, because I know you're very passionate about this subject and helping families and these students. You have a five-year-old. When did this all start, and what made you so passionate about doing it? Well, I have been in the college space pretty much since I was in college. When I was an undergrad at SC, I taught SAT prep for the Princeton Review. From there, I, I've always, I'm sort of a natural teacher. Um, it's always something that I've loved to do. I, I've always tutored and taught and students started asking me to help them with their essays. And so I started doing that. And coincidentally, I went back to graduate school to get an MFA in screenwriting, also from USC. And when I was coming out, I needed something where I could have time to write, where I was still in the writing space where I could help people and also earn a living at it and not work, you know, 40 hours a week at, you know, a job that really wasn't a career for me so I could focus on my writing. And I realized that all of the techniques of screenwriting and production in terms of hitting deadlines and choosing what to do and where to go and having to make decisions that have high stakes and that you don't know what the outcome is going to be until several months later 
it really worked with the college application process. And so I created a curriculum of, hey, here's how you do your college education or college applications in a step-by-step -step process, much like writing a screenplay where you don't, you don't just sit down and write a screenplay. If you do, you get stuck in the second act and you never finish it. There's a lot of pre-work that goes into it. And so I transferred all of that and I started my own company and I was working with families and it was going great and everybody was getting into the schools they wanted to get into and then the bill would come. Mm -hmm. And the family was faced with a horrible decision, which is what do you do when your child gets into their dream school and it's $70,000 a year and you can't pay for it? That's a very, very difficult decision and conversation to have. Yeah, I actually have a friend. It was a number of years ago, but that's exactly what happened to her daughter. So she couldn't go. Yeah, it is tough. So my father, who has been in financial services his entire career and had always been after me saying, you know, that's what I should be doing instead of this, you know, why am I spending my time with these artistic pursuits? He was approached by a group called the National Association of College Funding Advisors. And what they are is they are financial service professionals who focus on finding college funding solutions in addition to retirement. The majority of financial planners in this country really only focus on retirement planning, and they don't know anything about college funding. What's happening is that we have Families, and you know, I, I dealt with it intimately on a firsthand basis where families could not afford to send their children to the college of their dreams. But on a national basis, we have a $1.3 trillion student loan debt crisis. Yeah. And most of that debt is on families, parents who are heading towards retirement. And so this group said, hey, why don't we start to look at the system and how the system is run? And is there anything we can do to help educate families to lower their out-of-pocket costs? And then can we actually help them plan for college in addition to retirement and help them work with their budgets and help them actually have the, the income streams to set aside to fund both areas? Many financial planners tell parents to pick retirement over college. Well, then college comes and that's where the, the debt comes in. So this, this group, SALT, Basically, their mission is to solve both problems. Awesome. So anyhow, my father approached me with this. He is retired. He said, you know, I think this would be a valuable addition to your practice. And I agreed. So yes, your dad can be right. Yeah. <laughs> something. We'll just say some things, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to the topic, though, because I know a lot of parents and a lot of kids want to know how they can get into their dream college. Right. The first thing is they have to get in. And then I know you have a lot of answers for that. So let's start first. When should a student start working on his or her application? Well, there's a couple of phases. Actually working on the nuts and bolts of filling out the application. Our seniors is happening now. But just like writing a screenplay, many of them have been working on the process for one to two years. Because what we do is, you know, if, if we start today and say, oh, well, well I'm a senior in, in college and I'm going to start filling out my applications, everything is already done. Right. You're, you're done with what the colleges are going to look at. They're only going to look at up to the end of your junior year because your applications are submitted in the fall of your senior year. You don't have a chance to go back and, and change the past because it's over. 
What we recommend and what we like to do is we like to get students earlier when they're sophomores, when they're juniors. I just signed up. We just had an eighth grader sign up because she's so focused on she wants to know what she can be doing proactively. And then we have a process in which we look at the student and we analyze the student and we look at colleges and we set goals and we say, okay, well, if this is a college that you want to go to, let's say, you know, let's say you want to go to USC. Well, we look at what are the, what are the, what is the GPA that gets into USC? What are the types of classes you need to take to get into USC? What types of activities should you be doing? And so we can really be proactive and start to build the student and also start to discover what are those things that are unique and exciting about you? Because every student has them. Every student has something so special that only they can bring to the table. And so let's figure out what that is and really push it and hone in on it and grow it and develop it. So while the actual process is happening now, the preparation can start as early as freshman year. Yeah, that's what they call it, a resume building. Yeah. Then how does a student differentiate himself from other applicants? We know there's thousands of applications. Yes, almost 100,000 students applied to UCLA last year. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I always say start with what you're passionate about. What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What do you see yourself doing in the future? If you could do only one or two things, what would it be? Mm. Because at the end of the day, the classes, the grades, the test scores, you know, everybody's going to take, you know, U.S. history or AP history or whatever classes the school offers. But only one student, you know, for example, we had a student last year um, who was obsessed with cooking and science and how science works with, with food preparation. So that was something that really interested him and he was passionate about and we were able to grow and develop it. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, because it's about Um, you, right? Because like you said, it's just scores and test scores and grades. Then how, what is it that makes you stand out? So that really makes sense. What if you don't know what college to decide? Because I still don't know how I decided my college, but There's (laughs) There's <laughs> probably so many more choices now. It's been uh, almost 30 years since I've uh, graduated, but how do these students decide what school to apply to? Well, we take, we start again. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? Where do you want to be? I look at it. This is a really amazing growth opportunity that for four years in your life, it's really the only time that you get to be an adult mm-hmm. almost without a lot yeah, of the yeah. adult responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, they're all about 18. So there you go. You, know, they're the big... you, can, you can be anywhere in the country. You can study anything you want. You can be in any sort of environment that you'd like to be in. And so we start with that. Again, it comes back to what are you passionate about? What do you want to study? What do you want to do with your life one day? One of the things to understand about the college process is for the most part, unless you are going into a STEM degree, the era of going to college and getting a job is almost over. Yeah, I think it's pretty much over. <laughs> it's pretty much done. Yeah. And so it has to go back to what college has always been, which is broadening your horizons, getting a solid, I'm a big believer in a solid liberal arts education. I think traveling abroad is a great idea. But it almost has to go back to what critical thinking skills do you want to develop so that you come out with a wide 
ranging skill set that you can apply to any career and or become an entrepreneur if that's what you desire, which again, I think, in my opinion, I believe the economy is moving towards that direction. Yep, absolutely. I agree. So it's again, what what are you interested in studying? And there are so many amazing majors out there. Colleges are really developing exciting programs where they are, for example, I think it's Puget Sound has a degree where you can combine music and engineering. Ooh. How exciting is how awesome is that? Like, yeah, and engineering has a lot to do with music because it's a building notes yeah. and all of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so a lot of it is just research. We have some fantastic software that we use for research. We have a lot of institutional knowledge where we we track, you know, where the students are have gone, what they've applied to, what majors they've looked at. And so again, you start with well, what do I want to study and what schools have that type of study program? And do I want to do some sort of hybrid? Do I want a school that allows me to do a major within different colleges of the university? Do I want to, you know, we have a student at Chapman. I believe she's doing dance and kinesiology. Oh, so okay. so I, I start with the academic programs of, you know, what is it that you want to study? From there, we look at area of the country. Is it urban? Do you want to be in a city? Do you want to be in a small town? Do you want the rah-rah experience? Like, do you, you know, do you want yeah. to see or Michigan where Saturdays are spent um, on the football field? Or do you want something smaller that is maybe doesn't have such a big sports oriented? Do you want to do fraternities and sororities? You know, how far away from your parents do you want to be? There's a lot of choices besides just the academic part. Like you said, it's also about the environment. So that's something that maybe a student's never even thought about. Absolutely. And, and it's like, look, this is an opportunity. If you want to experience, you know, I, I believe we live in the best city in the world. I'm sure people will, compl- will, will counter that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we have a lot of kids that have only seen Los Angeles. Yeah. This is a great opportunity to try something else for a couple of years. Yeah. Now, you and I have talked about something called early action and early decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of the listeners know about this. Can you tell us what the difference is and how can this increase the chances of acceptance? The majority of colleges have an opportunity where you can submit an application earlier than the regular deadline. So the majority of deadlines are in the fall at towards the end of the year. Some of them are in January, but the schools give you an option. They say, hey, look, if you wanna apply early, we will give you an admissions decision early and that can help you decide where you wanna go. And at least you'll have the peace of mind knowing that you're in or not in December. Schools have two options, some have one or the other. And the the two options are early action and early decision. Early action means that you submit your application early. They give you an admissions decision early. You do not have to commit to the school until May 1st, which is the decision day. So on May 1st, every student needs to decide where they're going to go. If you do early action, let's say you submit to Loyola Marymount um, in November, they will let you know by the middle of December whether you're in or not. Early decision is the same sort of thing, but the decision is finding and final. So if you get accepted, you're essentially committing to go to that school. Now, I like students to apply at least to a couple of schools early action. I am not a huge fan of early decision, even though some people believe it may help with admission if you apply early decision. 
I would only recommend to apply early decision is if you are willing and able to pay full price to that school because that's what they're going to do. The kids that apply early decision, even if they have no money, most of them do not get good financial aid awards. Okay. So, okay. And, and that's because the, the school has you over a barrel. They know you can't yeah. go anywhere else. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so now, do all of the admissions still require a, a personal statement nowadays? Yes. How important is that? And what are some good topics to write about? I'm assuming about what you're passionate about, right? And uh, Yes, absolutely. So again, 750,000 students apply to college every year. Wow. Numbers are GPA test scores. Hundreds of thousands of students have the same GPA. There's 36,000 high schools in this country. So that means that there's 36,000 valedictorians and Stanford accepts 5,000 people or 6,000 people. So the majority of valedictorians are not going to get into Stanford. Yeah. And and where the personal statement comes in, it's sort of like, you know, the admissions committees, they all have their own process. But what they do is they start to identify, you know, they go through the round of applications. They sort of put the kids in groupings, you know, everybody with the same test scores and GPA are sort of grouped together. And then they start to look at the essays and the personal statements. And this is really where your individuality can shine. And again, what are you passionate about? How do you express yourself? What are the things that interest you? There's seven prompts on the Common App Mm -hmm. that you can pick to write about. So you answer the prompt. How do you tell a story? Do you grab the reader in the first paragraph? Are there any topics that a student should avoid then? Well, I like to say you want to tell the story that only you can tell. So sometimes like like I use, like, for example, the dead grandmother story. Every once in a while, a kid will come in with the dead grandmother and how the grandmother died and they went to the funeral and it was sad and they learned about the value of life and blah, 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 blah. Well, most likely everybody has a dead grandma. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it's sort of these, you know, anything that's, that's generic, you know, people, uh, some people say, you know, stay away from dead relatives, stay away from sports. However, I would say that if something is really specific and unique to you, so for example, you know, writing about winning a championship in whatever sport you're playing is not very unique. Even losing a championship is not very unique. Many students have had that experience. I did have a student, however, who was a football player and quit football because of a variety of issues, including some struggles he was having with his parents while they were going through a divorce, specifically his father. So he quit football and realized how much he missed it and came back and it became his dream instead of his father's dream. That's a story of a sports topic that is really unique to that student. I see. Yeah. So this takes time. This can't be done overnight. I mean, we start brainstorming topics, I would say, you know, towards the end of junior year, May, April, May of junior years, when we start brainstorming, we work on the essays all summer long. Wow. So this is something that you can't just wait till your senior year. You actually need to get to you your junior year, so at least start thinking about what to write. Absolutely. So you start thinking about because it, it you got it. You have to go deep. Yeah. You have to. You're burying your soul on the page. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have <laughs> to. They have to see you as as a vibrant person. Mm-hmm. Um. So from the personal statement, are college still doing admissions interviews? 
some of them still are, and some of them are doing either um, interviews with the admissions offices, officers, or a lot of them are doing what they call alumni interviews. Let's say you live in Boston and you're applying to Michigan. They may find a Michigan alum who lives in Boston, and then you go meet that alumni and have an interview with that person. Okay. So a lot of this, a lot of the highly selective schools are doing that instead of actual admissions interviews, but it's still an interview. Yeah. Yeah. You still get that face to face. So yeah. if a student gets that interview, what's the best way to prepare for it? As part of our training, we have a module on interview prep and we have question, we have practice questions. We have the students write down a series of talking points. It's, it's almost like a politician. If you, if you see <laughs> stay in the gray area <laughs> don't answer no 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 i'm not i'm not i'm not making a comment on politics but if you watch a skilled politician yeah it doesn't matter what the question is they will always bring it around to what they want to talk about absolutely they do <laughs> and so it's that sort of thing is that if we have them write down a series of talking points you know two accomplishments two weaknesses two um, fascinating things, two favorite books. And then we have practice questions where we do a practice interview and they practice the questions and we work on how do you answer the question and then segue seamlessly into what I want to share with the counselor. And it takes some practice. Yeah. And a lot of these students never had interviews. No. The nerves kicked in and then <laughs> you forget everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and we talk about things like, well, what do you wear? Get yeah. your outfit ready the night before the girls do the, they do the hair twirl. Oh, gosh. Know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, nervous ha- the nervous ticks. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some mistakes that students make that can cause their application to be put in the no pile? The most important thing is to understand that these people, they have never seen you before. They know nothing about you. All they get is the application. You're probably the 300th one that they've seen that day. And if there are things like grammar mistakes, they will throw it out. Okay. So the first thing, proofread, 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 and have somebody else proofread. Because I'm a writer. I've written thousands of drafts of the same script, and I still make grammar mistakes because... When, when you're in the midst of it, you actually can't see what's going on. That's very important. That's one way. A lot of schools will ask, why do you want to go to the school? And you better have a good answer. And it can't be because I like the football team. or <laughs> <laughs> My parents went there. <laughs> my parents went there. My mom's forcing me to apply. That's another thing that schools want students who are excited to attend their school. So if you're not excited to attend a school, don't apply. And you should have a personal reason. You should have a personal reason. There should be a program there that you want to attend. There should be the school itself, maybe where it's located. Maybe there's some alumni that you admire. I mean, there has to be a personal reason as to why you want to go there. So we have about five minutes left. And you have three solutions or actions that can help the students and the parents. Can you go over those three? Yes. So the first one is make a master spreadsheet of all the schools that are on the list and all the application deadlines, and then move up those deadlines 15 days. And so set an internal deadline of 15 days before the application is due. So for example, if you want to apply early action and the deadline is November 1st, then make the deadline for you October 15th 
and commit to getting everything done by then. You don't actually have to submit the application because you may be waiting for test scores to come in or something like that, but get all the work done and have it ready to submit and make sure that your school has done everything that they need to do because the counselor has to upload a recommendation and the teachers have to upload recommendations. You know, this is a crazy time. Everybody's running around doing 50,000 things simultaneously. It's easy to get stuff fall through the cracks. This is for all the procrastinators out there. Yes. And, you know, you give yourself a false deadline because if something isn't attached on your school side, you might not be able to submit that application. And if you just discover it at 10 o'clock, the day the application is due and it's a Sunday, guess whose application isn't going to get submitted? Absolutely. Other thing you can do is you can put the spreadsheet in a common area so everybody can see it. And that will keep parents from saying, hey, have you done this yet? And the student going, ah, mom, you don't know anything. So leave me alone. Just post the spreadsheet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's number one. Number two is I would get outside feedback on your personal statement from somebody a relative, a friend, some a parent, absolutely have your parents read your personal statements. And these are the questions that you're trying to answer. Does this personal statement accurately reflect my personality? And is this a story that only I can tell? And if you answer those two questions, chances are it's going to be a pretty solid personal statement. Yeah. You know, that's, those are good questions. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, they don't care if you've saved the world by the time you're 18. I love puppies. (laughs) They're going to see all your accomplishments in the rest of the application. They want to know who you are. And the more you can show them how amazing you are and everybody, every student is amazing. Like I am just in awe of the stuff that our students come up with. And I, I, you know, amazed. So that's what you want to show them. And then number three is that this is such a time of stress and fear and everybody's afraid that they're not going to get in and they're never going to college and they're going to be big fat failures and parents are afraid. Oh my God, I've spent all this time and money raising this child and they're not going to go to college and then all my friends are going to look at me and I'm, uh, and it just spirals, 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 yeah. spirals. Yep. You know, and I know you and I have talked about this, about the mind body connection and how important your thoughts are. And this is a situation I always tell the students, we are going to banish negative thoughts. They're going to keep coming in. So the minute they come in, we're just going to shove them out the door. And I always use a phrase. um, I use this with my husband too, when he gives me an idea that I don't feel like listening to. (laughs) And we we do this to each other. You say, thank you for sharing. You say, negative thought, thank you for sharing. I'm going to move you over here now. And we're going to focus on doing the work and staying positive. And I tell them it's like an athlete. Athletes don't go into a game thinking they're going to lose. No. They go in, they plan to win. Yep. Now, you may not win, and that's okay. But we're going to plan to win, and we're going to act accordingly. And you just said it's about the planning. Because even if you don't win this game, you already plan for it. So that means you're better off for the next opportunity that comes up. Absolutely. And what I would say is that even... You know, the colleges are really good. They're really good at accepting the students that are supposed to be at their school. And Mm -hmm. I found time after time after time, a student may not get into what they feel at the time is their dream school. They get into a different school and they go to that school and six months later they go, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I wanted to go to that first school anyway. (laughs) This school is so much better than me. And, And most of the times when they get rejected, 
they're not being rejected because they weren't good enough. They were rejected because they weren't a good fit. And that's okay. And in fact, that's what should happen. A lot of college students will tell you that they ended up where they were supposed to be. Absolutely. So I know you're in Los Angeles. Yes. And you also have an office in Hoboken. Yes. What about the families that don't live in those two areas? Do you work with them virtually? Yes, I do. We we work virtually. We have clients all over the country. Yay. Okay. Now, I know you only have limited numbers of family a year you can work with. Yes. So they need to contact you if they've got really a high school students. Absolutely. For seniors, we're pretty much, maybe we have one or two slots left for this, this class. And we're building our junior, sophomore, and freshman classes now. So I would absolutely say, call me, email me. I offer a free one-hour evaluation where we will sit down and talk and see where you are, see how we could help you. And we will not take on a client unless we really believe that we can help them. Yeah. And you guys are giving free family evaluations. So take them up on their offer. Yes. And just, just so you know, my hourly rate is $350 an hour. So there you go. That's a great one hour value right there. And like you said, even if they're incoming freshmen right now, uh, and you had an eighth grader that already is thinking about it, at least just have a conversation. Yes. I mean, the other thing that we do is I'm in the eighth grader, um, I offer sibling discounts as well. So, so a lot of times what we'll do, and the eighth grader came with an older sibling who's a junior. So a lot of times what we'll do is there, there may be two or three kids in the family and the first one pays full price and then the other two are, are substantially discounted because I like to work with families over the long haul. Absolutely. So Chelsea's website address and email address and all of her contact information is in the show notes, but you can go to college appapptraining.com. Her phone number is 310-876-2033. And you can also register there and be on their email list. They have ongoing workshops and you can sign up for that free family evaluation. Any last words, Chelsea? I always tell the students that our job is to aim high, as high as we possibly can, work hard, and whatever happens is going to be the right thing. And I will also add, if they don't get rejected, they didn't aim high enough. And, <laughs> yep. And, 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 and I would say some of my biggest regrets in my life were when I didn't aim high enough. I learned the hard way. That's the growth mindset part. If you're not failing, you're not growing. Absolutely. And that's the key is that growth. And, and that's, again, why I love this process, because it's such an amazing process of growth. Yep. Whatever happens in the end. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Okay, so listeners, until next time, always be learning, always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.